Okay. Sound check one. Sound check one. Sound check two. Sound check two. Season two. Season two. Here we go. And I'm Tori. And you're listening to Conceptual, Conceptual Chaos. Chaos, Season 2, Episode 1. We're back. Boop, boop, boop. We're back, bitches. And we're here, and we're back. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel great that we're back. Yes. But a lot has happened that has not made us feel all that great. Of course. <laughs> and we're going to delve into that for this episode. That's what this episode is all about. But just to give you a a short little synopsis, um, me and Tori had a a bit of a hiatus. I'm sure a lot of you know, we got a lot of, um, you know, comments on the street asking when- Where you guys been? Is it done? (laughs) Not done. We're here. Never done. (laughs) Three months is a long time. It is. But we needed that time off because um, both me and Tori experienced some very heavy- um, phenomenons in the last couple months yes and it affected us and we needed to take time to be able to cope with them and um get through them and recoup you know recover from them and i even had to take my own advice on that last um do you remember the last episode of season one take daria to take care of you no, I don't listen to any of our <laughs> I had to because, <laughs> no, I really did listen to it because I found myself in a really dark place mm-hmm. um, and taking my own advice, of course. Yeah. So I'm glad that we had that episode. Ironic that we put that out there. Yeah. And then I needed it. So, yep. hey. No, yeah, it definitely um, took a moment for me to kind of, like, I had to kind of introspect, you know, and realize, okay, this is who I am. I'm strong, I can get through this, blah, 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 you know, and you reflect and then you have to take that same advice that you're putting out into the world Mm -hmm. because we do believe in it. It's We're not just talking out of our asses here when we give you guys advice. Um, It's stuff that we put a lot of thought into and we take from our own experiences. Of course, yeah. yeah. And we learn from them and we try to give you guys the best advice we can off of that. But sometimes you have to also look at yourself and remember that advice and remember to you know, apply it to whatever situations um, you guys are going through. That's a, yeah, we did have to do that. Um, So just to let you guys know, uh, my grandmother, my beloved grandmother passed away uh, back in April. And um, there was a whole thing. We had, I had to go to Mexico. I had to be there for more than a week. That was unexpected, too. Yeah. Um, I'll go into that a bit later. Um, and then Tori also had. Yeah, my um, biological father passed away at the end of June. Before that, I actually had moved around a bit. Um, I was kind of just trying to adapt to change. And then I got the news of my dad passing and that was really hard for me to grieve. And I'll also get into that later. 
Um, but it has been a whole learning experience and not even just about him because we never did, we never got to meet, unfortunately. And um, I'll also get into that. Yeah. But um, I've learned so much about myself in the process. And I finally feel like I'm ready to talk about it. You know, like this has been a month of ongoing events. And I'm just feeling inspired again and good. Um, I know we always say this, but I think things are finally coming together. Nice. <laughs> finally. I know, knock on all the fucking wood because, because we said God that before. <laughs> We said that like every single month after April, yes. May, June, and then finally here we are going into August. And, and now there's monkeypox. <laughs> fucking monkeypox is here. Like, no bitches. Yeah, Just no. kidding. No, I think we we are. We're finally getting back into the rhythm of things. I mm -hmm. see you coming out of this like, you know. My this, little hole? Yes, yes. <laughs> I know I needed to get out of that hole, but... And you as well. Yeah. I've uh, given you your space and I've been here and we've cried and we've, you know, done the whole like, Gone this sucks, it, you yeah. know? Yeah, we <laughs> did go through it. But that's the beauty of it is having each other and yeah. having a good support system in general, you know? So your mom's calling. Do you want to answer? No, I'll call her back. <laughs> uh, now you're just, making me feel just bad. Put her on speaker. Okay, hold on. <laughs> She hung up on me. <laughs> she said, said, <laughs> she said, fuck you. She said, this bitch takes too long. Fuck this. I don't even know. I'll call her back. She hung up on me. Wow. I love it. Why do you have a picture of her as a, a, a joker? A clown? I was going to say like the insane clown posse or something. <laughs> because um, me and her were FaceTiming and we put filters on oh. all the time. And she put that one on herself. And I I just thought it was funny because she looked really hot, like a hot chola clown. <laughs> And so, um, like the cry now, yeah, whatever, like something you would get tattooed. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, I was like, That's your picture <laughs> because no, no, because she needs to get humbled because she already knows she's beautiful. So, and she laughs because I showed her and she was like, Wow, out of all the pictures, I'm like, No, you need to be humbled real quick. All right, so let's let's jump into it. Um, this episode. Since you guys already read the title, you know what it's about. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about death. Um, I know that for season one, episode one, we kind of, you know, talked about it a little bit. But we even made that disclaimer, like, neither of us really were that experienced with this phenomenon, right? Yeah. Like, I know I didn't have anybody that I could say that I was super close to and that, um, you know, I... I don't know that I could draw some experiences from and see how I dealt with it. Because even though I remember I mentioned like my grandfather had passed, like he wasn't really around all the time and um, he was older, he was tired. Um, and even though my grandma passed this time, um, I didn't think that she was like anywhere near um, her time to go, you know, like yeah. she was still very lively, a person. She was all in there with her mind. Like she was a witty, like, and she was, mind you, she was 96, 97 years old, but, um, she was, she had her full wits about her. Like there was no indication that this was Gonna anywhere near. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, I feel like this experience really opened my eyes to what death entails and uh, what people go through, especially during the grieving process um, of losing a loved one. Uh, so 
I don't know. Do you, do you just want to talk about like, yeah. our experiences, I guess? Yeah, I definitely think um, from the first episode to now, it's hit closer to home for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I had talked about my losing my grandpa, and that was really hard. That was like the first death that hit me because he was part of my everyday life. It was expected because he had gotten a stroke, and we knew that he wasn't going to make it for the suffering. Yeah, he was. Um, he lost all like he was paralyzed, so he lost all his independence, and that was one thing that he like loved about himself is his independence Mm -hmm. like getting up in the morning he was gone at 5 a.m to fucking eight o'clock at night working so Mm -hmm. once he lost his um sense of independence i think that it was like really hard for him to just go about his everyday life you know like Mm -hmm. just stuck to a bed so it was kind of like at the same time it was sad but i think that it was not like something unexpected Mm -hmm. you know but i don't know so Again, I mean, we've both been through some definitely some hard stuff and some difficult, like, experiences as far as death because you either expect it or you don't. It's hard either way. Yes. But um, I think we should get into that. Okay, sure. I guess I'll start? Yeah. Okay. Um, This might take a little bit of, like, mind power for me because, you know, it was back in April when all this went down. Mm-hmm. Um. But I definitely remember the emotions. Now, my grandmother was somebody that basically raised us. You know, she was there from day one. Like, I remember her there as a child. I remember her there as a teen. I remember her there now as an adult. She's always been a huge part of my life. Um, Very motherly, very wisdom, full of wisdom, like very caring and above all, like very loving. She never judged. I mean, don't get me wrong. She... She definitely laughed at people Yeah, they deserved it, you know, and she would call people out. Like, that's what I loved about her. Like, gotta love that about grandparents, yeah. huh? They don't give no fucks. They don't give a <laughs> shit. I remember she told one of my cousin's wives one time, like, oh, because she was wearing like a mini skirt and like they were going to go dancing and stuff. And she's like, oh, you're wearing that? Like, are you sure you don't want to put on clothes? Put on some pants. Yeah. This like, she was not afraid to speak her mind. But at the same time, she wouldn't, like, judge people, you know? Yeah. Um, She was, like, a people lover, I want to say. Like, even though we had, um, for example, like, her nieces, like, they might have had um, boyfriends or something, you know, their boyfriends did something and they talked to her about it um she wouldn't ever treat those people if they did come around again with any kind of indifference or you know give them a a stink face or nothing like that like she was very caring and she would speak her mind she would like if she felt like she could give advice or some sort of wisdom to somebody she would say it she was not afraid doesn't matter who the fuck you were and i think because of that because her straightforwardness and her honesty a lot of people loved her a lot of people like i don't think i've ever come across a person that didn't fall in love with my grandma like she was just a very bright soul soul. Yeah. yeah so yeah she was born february 23rd 1924 she's a pisces <laughs> But she was, she was just full of love. Like, she is the epitome, the embodiment of love for me. So, obviously, when I spoke to her, um, 
maybe three, three days before she got really bad. And so what happened to her, I say it's unexpected because even though she was up there in age, like I said, she was very lively. Um, I spoke to her three days before and she was joking, you know, she was hopeful she was going to get out of that hospital quick. And it was just, it was just unexpected. Um, I told her I loved her, said bye. And then I wanted to call her the next couple days. And I didn't because I knew she was still in the hospital. And I'm thinking, well, I'll call her when she gets out, you know, she just got worse and worse. Um, Basically, she just went in for like a cold. She caught a cold and it wasn't COVID. It wasn't anything like that. But I guess in the hospital, like, you know how it's cold in there sometimes? Well, she started feeling like there was something stuck in her chest. And two days after I spoke to her, she got the news that like there was um, fluids in her in her chest. So she caught pneumonia. Mm. <clears throat> so they started putting her on medication um and she wasn't responding well to it i believe she even ripped out all of her tubes and and all this stuff at once and so they had to put her back to sleep and they had to intubate her well at that point my mom took the first flight out and later on that night um i got the news that she just wasn't gonna make it she wasn't gonna come out of that coma she they put her in a coma apparently that she wasn't going to come out of and that she wasn't responsive anymore that the only thing keeping her alive was the tube and i couldn't believe it i couldn't like i wouldn't accept it you know and my cousin was there and she took the phone to the nurse and i was like facetiming the nurse and i'm like what's going on like you know because at that point the family was literally deciding do we pull the plug or do we wait to see what happens? And the nurse told me, look, if you wait to see what happens, this is what's going to happen. Like, she's just going to get worse and worse. Her vitals are going down like every hour. They're going down. She's not going to come out of it. The only thing keeping her alive is that tube. So basically, we've kept that tube on her so that your mom could get here and the other family members that wanted to see her could get here on time. But basically, your your grandmother signed a do not resuscitate form and said that if it came down to intubation, she didn't want it. We went against her will because your aunt said, you know what, there's family coming. Let's just keep her until, until they so get So they can say their goodbyes. Yeah. So that's when it really hit me. That's when I was like, I just spoke to her. Three days ago. She was fine. Like, yeah. no. How? No. Just all so sudden, you know? Yeah. I started to pray because that's the only way that I know how to, like, calm myself. And I think that's my first thing with death is a lot of us feel frustrated that we can't do something about it. Mm -hmm. Right? Especially in this situation. She was in a whole other state. What am I supposed to do? I can't get there in, like, five seconds, you know? Yeah. And so when it's completely out of your hands, like I realized like that was my first coping mechanism was, you know what, realizing I can't do anything about this. It's not my fault. It's not anybody's fault. I shouldn't have guilt. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't beat myself up for this. Yeah. Um, I did everything I could. I told her I loved her and I had no like pending matters with her. Like there was nothing in my heart that like... I felt like if she passed, like I was going to be sad that we didn't get to, to do or to address or whatever, you know? 
So I prayed and and prayed and prayed and prayed. And something really weird happened, Tori, at that moment. I'm, I'm not even lying to you. And it comes up later. The light in the room kind of got really bright, like really, really bright. And I got a phone call from my mom's cell. And um, she wasn't talking. It was like a butt dial. Like there was nobody on the other line. I was like, hello, hello. And I couldn't, there was nobody talking, but it was on. And so I'm listening because I'm trying to hear like what's going on in the room and stuff. And I hear people crying and I hear doctors coming in and I hear that they're taking the tube off and I'm like freaking out because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, then I hear she's being responsive. Look, she's talking. Look, this and that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, is it like, is she okay? Like, I was freaking out, but I didn't want to hang up and call back. Like, yeah, I was scared to like lose that. And eventually the phone call cuts from the other end. So somebody hung up, somebody called me and somebody hung up. I don't know who it was. And then I hear the whole conversations and I'm sitting there like, I think they took off the tube, but I hear she's responsive. I don't know. Like, you know, and that light is just fucking bright. I remember it was just bright. And I came and I sat down in the living room, just sitting there, like not knowing how to feel. Cause like, I'm excited. Like I heard like, she's okay, but like, I don't know. They're taking off the tube. The nurse said it couldn't happen. Yeah. And I get another phone call from my mom. And this time she's on the other line. And she's like, your grandma's just passed. And I got really, 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 really sad. Like, I I don't think I've ever felt this way. Where I didn't have any reaction. Just tears coming down. That's it. Just, like, tears. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And I'm thinking... For her, because she's there, this is her mother too, you know, and she saw the whole thing go down. And my mom was very hopeful when she got to the hospital. She's like, no, look, I'm squeezing her hand and I'm telling her if you if you can hear me, squeeze it too. And she would say like, I would feel it just like very softly. So I'm like, is she going to have like a breakdown? Like my mother, you know, like yeah. I want to be there for her. So I'm trying to be strong and I'm like it's okay, mom. How are you feeling? Like, and all the while, I don't even know how the fuck I'm feeling. You know, she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like she's gone. She's at peace. And she even told me later on, like she did feel like this overwhelming sense of peace. Like she needed to be there in order for her to feel in order for my grandma to like, let go. She felt that way, you know? Yeah. And so that turned into a big old kebabble because, um, you know, funeral homes are fun, right? Oh I know gosh. you're doing with it. <laughs> uh. They started taking care of the funeral homes, um, the arrangements, know, arrangements yeah. and everything with them. They decided they're going to have two different arrangements. They were going to have a viewing here in the United States in Colorado where she lived. And they were going to have a second one in Mexico where ultimately we were going to lay her to rest they started working on that the next day well the next day I had to take off of work because I just that whole night I was just a mess like I couldn't sleep my eyes were puffy like it was horrible and I woke up and my mom's like can you do me a favor can you go to the church and just you know like dedicate a mass to her like sure I went super early in the morning uh turns out they didn't have like regular mass that day so I had to wait until Sunday for, for us to do that. So I'm like at home, not knowing what to do. And my cousin calls me and he comes over 
And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I think I need family around. Like, I want to talk about her, you know? And like, yeah. even though I had somebody here that knew her, she he didn't really have a lot of experiences with her like we did. So my cousin came over. We started talking about her, dude. And I thought I was going to be a fucking mess. And I couldn't stop smiling. And I couldn't stop laughing. And I couldn't stop feeling like, like wholeheartedly warm, you know, like, and I realized like, wow, these are the memories my grandma left me. Like, like, I, I can't think of one where I'm like mad at her or something bad happened or, you know, like sad for her. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Like she was crazy amazing. Her and- presence put a good mark in Oh, yeah. On you and into this world. Yes, very much so. My my grandma was 93 years old riding camels in fucking Jerusalem. The okay? life, living like, her best life. Yes. <laughs> she was a traveler, for sure. She loved to travel. And one of her last uh, wishes was, I remember I asked her before she passed, I'm like, is there anything like you still want to do? You know, because you've done it all, in my opinion, you know. And she was like, <clears throat> she was like, I just want to see the beach one more time. My grandma was on oxygen, like, the last couple years of her life already. And so, you know, when you're on oxygen, you you can use portable oxygen tanks, but they're, like, two hours max, three hours worth of oxygen in there. So it's really hard to take them anywhere yeah. uh, long distance where they don't have, like, the actual connections, you know. But they made it happen for her. And on my phone, like, that's the picture I have of her where she's, like, at the beach. It's a beautiful picture. In the background. It is such a good picture. I know. It really is. Like, you should get, like, a painting made. Yeah. Because that sunset is just – we should post on – when we post um, this episode, we'll post, like, a picture of your grandma, and then we'll post a picture of my dad. Okay. Just so people can put a face to, like, who we're talking about. That I love that picture. (laughs) It is. It's so good. She's so fancy with her nice shirt. And she just looks so at peace. Yeah. I think she was like underneath. So she's wearing a mask because obviously it was during COVID. COVID, Yeah. But I can tell right here she's like smiling. She's like having the time of her life, you know? Yeah. And the sunset is just so perfect behind her. Like it's crazy. And it's a beautiful sunset. She is at Santa Monica Pier. They took her there. nice yeah so i mean she got she got it all she really did um one thing that really like sticks out for me um when my grandpa was dying so this was her husband right (laughs) the one i spoke about on the first season so when my grandpa was dying in the hospital um he was from mexico right so he came out here um for a party for one of my niece's birthday parties and he was sick he was already I think he also caught pneumonia and so he came out here very sick we didn't know we just saw like his low energy and stuff and the very next day he went to the hospital um and so I get a phone call you need to come your grandpa's not doing well like this is it for him you know and they brought my grandma my grandma and him have a crazy story like he was always like a womanizer and eventually in her later like her midlife um my aunt told her or i think it was my mom went out there and gave her a plane ticket with no date and just said if you ever get tired you're always welcome to come like live with us you know in the united states and one day she called them and was like i'm on my way and she couldn't have come at a better moment because my aunt was going through a very difficult time um, she had just had a baby and lost her husband. 
So she was there to like pick up the pieces, you know? Yeah. And so um, she's been here ever since. That cousin is my age. So it's been 32 years. Wow. <laughs> right? yeah, that she's been here. And it, she sees her husband, you know, from time to time. Well, they did. They used to see each other from time to time when she would go out to Mexico. But that was it. And you can tell, like, she longed to see him whenever she was away. Um, so it was cute when they brought her to the hospital and, you know, he was passing. She didn't have any kind of, like, in Spanish, it's carrencor. Like, she didn't have any kind of ill will towards him. Nothing for all those years that she went, you know, by herself, had to deal with everything by herself. She had nine kids. Wow. Nine kids. So, and he was gone a lot, you know. So it struck me to my core to see this woman praying like the hardest I've ever seen her praying for this dying man's soul, you know? And when he finally did pass, she gave him a kiss on the forehead. And if I could stop, like that image is imprinted forever in my mind. Yeah. Like that's the only image that makes me fucking cry every time I talk about it. And it's just a beautiful thing yeah. to, because she was there on his last breath and, and she was there on mm -hmm. his last. So the his... reason I bring this up, is because she got everything she ever wanted. She would tell us all the time, the only thing that I wish for your grandpa now is that he doesn't die alone. Mm -hmm. That he's not like, because he did live alone. And he was like, also, I think 97, 98 years old, living in this poor little old house in Mexico where like um, people would rob him constantly, you know? Yeah. And luckily they never harmed him. They never like did any actual harm that would have been life threatening, you know? And so she was always worried about that. And she would tell us all the time, I just want him to not be alone when he dies. And then she would tell us, like, I wish I would, I could be there, you know, to pray to him, to make sure his soul gets, she was a very big Catholic people. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. So she would pray for his soul to not be in purgatory. And there you go. She was, she was, know? and she would tell us, she's like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad God gave me this gift to be there for him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> But after he passed, we could see her spirit start to dwindle. You know, I think that was, like, uh, big for us. Like, we had to constantly tell her, like, don't talk about death, Grandma. Because she was like, I'm ready. Whenever. I don't care. I'm ready to go now. That was her last thing. She wanted to see the ocean and she wanted to see my grandpa. Like, and she did it. Yeah. So just to give you an idea of who my grandma was, guys. So, sounds like an amazing person. And like I said, great. put a really good mark on this world. And she got to do what she wanted to do. And that's the beauty of it mm -hmm. is that, like, it wasn't something that was just, like, in your face, just done, you know, unexpected, yeah. so many open doors. It was just she was ready. She got to do what she wanted to do. Yeah. And I'm so glad that your grandma, your grandpa had your grandma there. Yeah, for sure. He never lost her love ever. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's forgiveness. <laughs> yep number one you know yeah um so after she passed the funeral home um told us a date um first of all they took three weeks now i understand covid crazy times mm -hmm. we're living in but three weeks um to get her body back um and transported to mexico so they gave us a date we, all the family flies out there or travels however they can we're all meeting up in zacatecas mexico with the fresnillo um <laughs> shouting it out and uh we're there and then the first day that i land my aunt tells me they're telling us it's not going to be for another two weeks no and i'm like what 
Like I literally begged my boss because I had just started a new job to give me this time off, you know, and I'm like, fuck, like, I don't know how I'll be able to go back and come back or, or whatever, stay there two weeks, you know, and I call the funeral home because I negotiate. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> so I'm like telling them, like, you guys told us this. You better find another way to get her here. Apparently, the situation was that they had scheduled the viewing out here for an earlier time in order to be able to make the plane flight for her at like, I think it was supposed to be at 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. Colorado time. So originally the time for the viewing was at one and they were like, that's cutting it really close. We need to get to the airport on time. I don't think we'll make it. So my aunt agreed. She's like, well, let's move it up further. So they moved it up to an earlier time. Everything was supposed to be copacetic. Tell me why the funeral home forgot to like just drive her and what time her flight was supposed to go. No. So then, yeah. So then they're there like with the body. The The plane won't take them anymore. They got there late, you know, and we're all sitting in Mexico like what the fuck do we Waiting, do? Yeah. yeah. So they're telling us, well, we're going to try to do our best to find another plane, but I don't think it's happening until the end of the week. And I'm like, nope, nope, you can't do this. Nope. I start calling other funeral homes in Colorado, see if they could, they could take over all of the procedures, everything that they have to file. And everyone just tells me the same thing. They're like, they're giving you a week. Um, that's how long it's going to take for us to process paperwork just to release her body on for us. So they're like, we honestly, like you need to stay with them. That's the best situation right now. And hope, hope that they can get her on a better flight. That's it. Yeah. So that's what we had to do. And they called us later on that night and said, you know what? <clears throat> we were able to find a different flight, but this one's going to not fly directly to you. It's going to fly to Mexico City. And from there, you guys could pick her up and transport her or whatever. And we're like, whatever. It's like a six-hour ride to Mexico City. Who cares? Let's do it. Yeah. So luckily, they were able to get her there. Um, the plane was going to get there Thursday, but it might have been Friday before we got her body. And they somehow were able to release her sooner. So we got her Thursday night. Wow. Yeah. And all of us had changed our flights to leave. I think it was Sunday night. So it just worked out. We got her. So in Mexico, you you stay one full night and you pray and sing to her. And that's the viewing the whole night. Yeah. Like you don't sleep. And then you go straight to the church. Um, and then you go straight to the cemetery. So it was... Friday when we buried her. I know, Train. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Literally. Are you done? Are you done? Now? Okay. Literally one month after she had passed. And I think that's where it hit me. Because before I saw her, before, like, I realized, like, I'm not going to have her no more. Like, I can't just call her up. I can't just talk to her. That's where it really sunk in, like, fuck. And I was at the at the cemetery, um, like, holding an umbrella over her mm -hmm. because people still wanted to see her. And there was a bunch of trees, so, like, things wouldn't fall on her. So I was holding an umbrella. So I was there the whole time looking at her, you know? Yeah. And I got to say, that was the most, like, surreal experience of my life. Like, to this day, I think about it. I'm like, did that happen? Like, you know? Because... Um, I see all these people crying and I, I can't associate with their crying. Like, yeah, it's sad. 
it's sad, but she has such good every one of them had very good memories of her why are you guys crying send her away with like singing send her away with laughter with like his joy yeah i it just didn't sink in until then like my grandma was amazing and i think she helped me she taught me how to cope with loss she taught me that like just because somebody passes doesn't mean that that love is lost Hence what she showed my grandpa that one day at the hospital. Yeah. You know, it's your, it's your responsibility to have these people live on in your hearts and your memories, whatever have you, you know? Yeah. I told you yesterday that I don't think my grandma's death was like hitting me until recently. I think that's just the sad part of it because now I'm like, I want to call her and I'm like, I forgot. It's the going like back to your everyday life, except they're not present. Yeah to call, to visit, to hear their voice, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But overall, that's what my grandma was to me. Um, That's how I coped with the very small minutes of grief that I had for her. I was actually super ecstatic um, because I'm a Catholic. She's a Catholic. We believe in heaven. And I I believe she went directly to heaven. Like, there's no purgatory for this lady. (laughs) She was a good woman. She was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Can't say the same for myself, but... You're a good person. pay for me. (laughs) She's an amazing... Grizel's an amazing person, and I'm so sorry about your grandma. Of course, I've told you, you know, but I'm so happy that you sent her off just with all these feelings that you did Mm -hmm. at peace for her... um, just knowing that she got to be there for your grandpa and that she lived her life to her fullest. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can only wish that yeah. we're 90 something riding camels. <laughs> yeah. Like I want that for myself. Me I'm too. sure you do too. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I know it's bittersweet, but it's like a beautiful story. If you think it's, about it, it's life, you know, this is the meat and bones of what life is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so weird that this came around to season two and we're visiting yet again death. Yeah. But, I mean, it's scary to get older because you start to lose more and more people. And um, it really, really puts life into perspective for you just to appreciate every second that you open your eyes, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we have so much more to say for this episode just because of these experiences and and just to be your friend and to be somebody who's close to you like I tried to be as supportive as I could oh yeah I I might have not mentioned that but you and my close friends and my family were like a very big deal during this time like a very big deal I would have broken down a hundred percent if like you know yeah my grandma wasn't who they were and then also I didn't have the support system that I had because you guys helped me push through it for sure. Yeah. And it's crazy that we have these. Um, I love having our podcast because it's so much more than just like all the, you know, like fucking blood, sweat and tears of <laughs> editing and trying yeah. to get everything on the deadlines and all the different takes we have to do. It's so much more than that. It's our journal for ourselves Yeah, definitely. to like listen back to and as cringe as it is to hear your own <laughs> voice. It's so cool that we have this. Yes. And I mean, we've even said, if you're thinking about doing it, just do it. Make yeah. a podcast. Yeah. I know many, there's many to listen to, <laughs> but um, these are experiences mm-hmm. and somebody may not experience, have experienced death in what way, in any what way. And then they're a listener and then they do experience it someday and maybe they can re-listen or, you yeah. know, like 
there was something that we said on the first episode um, that we looked up and like we were trying to figure out like how do you cope with death without any of us without either of us having to gone through it gone through it um and i remember that one of them was like you got to think of it in a different way like these people are no longer hurting they're no longer you know like in pain like they don't have to deal with the pains of life Mm -hmm. and so therefore they're at peace and it's us that are that we're left grieving for them you know that was another huge huge help when i thought of it that way i'm like yeah my grandma suffered from you know pains and she was older in age and she had seen she was the oldest person she knew she had seen all the people in her life like taken you know yeah she was ready to go with them she was ready and it just brought me joy that like now she's with them mm-hmm. you know so yeah these journals these podcasts like they're not just words they're very much helpful experiences, and, yeah. advice, <laughs> feelings, real raw feelings, yeah. and I don't know. I guess it's my turn and the train is saying it's the train's turn first (laughs) didn't wasn't there just a train right now there's always trains here you guys need to start listening to our podcast more so we could get an actual studio (laughs) (laughs) i'm tired of trains and planes oh my planes and trains and (laughs) automobiles (laughs) (laughs) and cats and dogs (laughs) possums and saws and (laughs) weed whackers you haven't told them about the pet possum huh oh no i haven't so we have a friend. Yeah, he started off as a cute little baby. So I was kind of like, whatever. Like it's a little possum that hangs around my place, whatever. But then he started eating my cat food. Outside. Growing. Growing. I thought it was a rat the next time I saw him. And then somebody here started feeding him. And so now he's ginormous and he's not that cute anymore. <laughs> he scares the shit out of me. And I think he lives under the cat's house. But he means no harm. No, he he runs away the second he sees anybody. You need to name him. What should we call him? I don't know. I like really like crazy like um, British like no pet should have this name names. Well, maybe we'll post. Maybe you guys give us some suggestions. I don't know. (laughs) Our podcast possum. Podcast possum. We got to give him a name. So help us. But. Let's go into your story. I guess. I'm just kidding. Your experience with this topic. Okay. So, well, my dad um, passed away. He passed away in on June 23rd, right before midnight. So, um, my dad was 48 years old. He, unfortunately, was stage four cirrhosis of the liver. And um, he was going under... I guess he was going into surgery to get a stint in his liver so that he can live a little bit longer. Um, Unfortunately, I believe stage four is non-reversible. So, like, it's just... You just kind of have to deal. Yeah. So, um, he loved to drink, hence where I get it from. Um, He loved to party. And I, unfortunately, didn't get to meet him. Um, Just the circumstances were never right. Like... 
Oh, well, let me go back to his how he passed away. So he went under surgery and he didn't make it. He bled out on the table and they resuscitated him twice. And the nurses were crying and I guess it was just a mistake. Like that wasn't ha- that wasn't supposed to happen, you know? So um back to rewind when I was a baby. So my gra- my mom got pregnant very very young. I'm talking like 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And, um, my, I think I've mentioned this before, my grandparents are Jehovah's witness. So my mom getting pregnant young, she was not supposed to be doing what she was doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, he was, so when you're not married and obviously somebody from that, not, not the religion is they're called them worldlies. Mm -hmm. So he was a worldly and my grandpa was like, nope, you're not going to be in her life. You're not going to play house in my house. You're not doing any of that. So my grandpa immediately was like, when I was born, um, I got his last name, my grandpa's last name. He didn't want my dad's last name on my birth certificate. He didn't even want him on my birth certificate. It was unfortunate. I'm just a baby. I didn't know what was going on. Um, at two years old, my mom married my stepdad, and that's my brother's dad. And my stepdad raised me all the way, all my life. He basically raised me. Um, and so I never felt the need for a dad. I had one. I had my grandpa who was very close. And I just felt like kind of when I started becoming a teenager, like, well, fuck my dad. He's not, you know, he doesn't want me. He doesn't love me. Like I always had in the movies, how they picture it. Like he didn't want to be there for you, you know, and going through this experience, um, I've learned a lot about who my dad was. And it's one thing to grieve over somebody who you know and you have memories and, you know, you can kiss them off goodbye mm-hmm. and just listen to things they loved and just know about them. But this is a different grieving process for me just because this is somebody I don't know. And this is somebody who I've never been in the same room as. Um, learning through all this experience was that my dad did not not want to be there in my life. Um, he was kind of pushed away. And he tried to meet me uh, 10 years ago. So I'm 29. He tried to meet me when I was 19. And he reached out to my mom and he was like, I, I know that's my daughter. And he would tell her all my life, I know that's my daughter. And he, she'd be like, yes, it is. I'm not saying it is. It isn't. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, just no, I know. I know it's Victoria's mine. And she would be like, okay, yes. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> so 10 years ago, he reached out to her um, online and he was trying to meet me and me being, you know, unhealed little teenager me. I was like, no, what the fuck do I want to meet him for? You know, like I just felt kind of anger and I felt Still like with that connotation that he might have not wanted you to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Again. Uh, yeah. Again, I didn't know that he had tried or he had wanted to meet me or he would even um, when I was a baby, my mom t- tells me that he would come up to the window and just like knock on her window and be like, let me see her. Yeah. So I didn't know any of this until I got older, but I was just, you know, as a teenager, you're into your own life. You're into your fucking boyfriend. And I had just met, yeah, I just (laughs) met Jeff. Literally we'd been together for like maybe a year. And, um, I just was kind of like, well, I'm living my life. Like, I don't, I don't want to do all that. Yeah. And I, I can say now that I do regret it. Um, just especially knowing what I know now and that is who my dad was. Mm-hmm. So my dad had to stop going to school at eight years old to work. Mm-hmm. So he was from Chino and he was from the dairies and he was a truck driver and he just worked all his life. And I was right around the corner from him the whole time because I grew up Ontario Chino. He didn't have luck on his side. He was somebody who didn't have the affection. Um, and I just feel like that makes me really sad because 
you know, my mom did. My mom came from a good family. My grandma and grandpa always had their houses and they always had like love in our family. And, you know, nobody's family is perfect, but there was a foundation of a family. Support. Yeah. And my dad didn't have any of that. So can you imagine him being a teenager, being a dad and then not knowing, you know, like being pushed away? He's been pushed away all his life. And then here he is yet again being pushed away again. So, um, it's really, really unfortunate, you know, that I never got to meet my dad. But the beauty of this whole thing is that I got in touch with my sibling. Well, my siblings reached out to me. So um, I have a stepsister out there. Um, she was raised by my dad since she was two. So it's like my stepdad raising me all my life. That's mm -hmm. my dad. I would call him dad. She called my dad dad. And um it's she's my sister through um, family marriage, um, but she knew about me my whole life. My dad never denied me. My dad would talk about me and he would apparently like show pictures of my social media to his friends and to her <laughs> and say, oh, my daughter's beautiful. She's so gorgeous. Look at her. And so he very much knew that I existed. And um, it's just a crazy experience because I met my sister. And I consider her my sister just because she has all the memories, all the pictures. Everything I ever learned about my dad is through my sister. Mm -hmm. So she, um, we went to eat. We went out to eat. We got drunk <laughs> for my dad. <laughs> and um, she's been ever, ever since she's been present in my life. And she has shared the most, I mean, the most memories about him um, from what his hair gel was to <laughs> what his favorite beer was to laughing memories, videos, pictures. So you really get a sense of like oh, all of person All was. of it, yeah. all of it. And it's so funny because um, I always felt growing up like I was the outcast, the black sheep of my family, you know, crazy wild fun likes to drink likes to party and my family is more reserved you know my mom she's fun in her own ways but you know she's more reserved she's not like outgoing she's more of an introvert and um she could be extroverted but i think it's more like she's a homebody yeah so i always felt and my grandma's the same my grandma's even worse a home homebody <laughs> he she just loves being home so I always felt kind of out of place. My brother's the same way. He likes gaming and just he's kind of like a little nerd. And um, I just felt like, why am I the fucking crazy one? Like, why do I want tattoos? And I want to listen to punk rock and I want to go out and experience a town and just do everything that my family doesn't have interest in. Mm -hmm. And this is me at nine years old. Yeah. Like, look, I had my first drink at 14. And ever since then, I'm like, this is my shit. Like this. <laughs> I love to drink like yeah. I can handle my drinking, you know, but. So I learned that my personality, that side of it came from my dad. And my dad was an Aries. His birthday was April 16th. And I don't know if you know anybody that's an Aries, but they're fucking crazy people. Yeah, they're wild. They're wild. <laughs> they're and some of my favorite people. They're wild. They're blunt. They're, they don't give a fuck. Um, they have tempers for sure. And they're just the kind of people that are just, out there yeah fucking out there fire signs just in your face out there but all in all he was a good person he just got shitty cards dealt in life and yeah. i feel like that's important to remember because um 
the image I had in my little teenage brain of him being a piece of shit person, he was a human just like you and I, and he was a loving, giving person. Yeah. And he was just doing the best he could. And he chose fun over everything else. But at the end of the day, he would wake up and he would work every single day. And that's what my sister and I've even talked to um my other sibling's mom. And she tells me the same thing. Like he was about his job. Like he would wake up and be ready to work. Doesn't matter how fucked up he got. Doesn't matter if he was just, you know, like got no sleep, sleep. And I think about it and I'm like, that's me. Because when I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've been hung over and I know we've all been there Mm -hmm. where you're like, I'm not going to go to work. No, I will go to fucking work. I, I used to get hammered. Tori's on her shit. And wake up and still go to work. (laughs) And when people would call out and they're like, I'm hung over. I'm like, you're a bitch. Like, why can't you handle that hangover? You put yourself there, but go to work. Like, that's no excuse to not go to work. Yeah. You know? So I got that from him. Like, I don't know. I'm a worker and my work ethic, I think came from him. So it's just crazy to see all these things about this person in myself and just to make it make sense now. Like, I'm not a fucking alien. I didn't come from the sky. You know, I came from my dad, who is just somebody who is was just a fun all around person who was a hard worker. So fast forward, um, my sister reaches out. We link up. We are just immediately just fucking just joined like yeah. we're just like having the time of our <laughs> lives learning about each other learning about our partners learning about you know just sharing how can you possibly learn about somebody in a week in two weeks in three weeks yeah. and that's where i'm at so she has been in my life since she told me what went down and she's been present ever since and it's just been really fun to introduce her to my mom and she um, is somebody who recently has been through a lot of death and I feel like my dad brought us together and brought me in her life because she needed me and I never knew this but I needed her so the funeral home we went and I signed paperwork letting them know you know hey I'm coming forward as his daughter and one of the things, one of the wishes that my dad had was that I be part of it and his other kids be part of it. Mm-hmm. So um, we reached out to my brother. I have an older brother. He's a really cool person. <laughs> like, I am so happy that my siblings are <clears throat> down to earth. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I I, I connect with them. They're wild souls. Like, they're my, I, me and my sister crack up all the time because I'm like, you are literally dad because he raised you to be a badass and I am dad because I genetically just got these genes and I'm just a fucking badass too. So we laugh because I'm like, that's a trip that he raised a daughter to be a badass. And then me, I'm just, and I inherited him. (laughs) You're two peas in a pod. You honestly, you found your other black sheep, Mm -hmm, honestly. And she is such, she's a mom and she is just such a good mom and such a good person. And, Um, I am so glad that I can be here, you know, to experience her kids growing up and just a sense of family because my immediate family is very small. And so with my sister, I get to watch her kids grow up and it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to catch them so young because I'm, I'm, they already call me Auntie Victoria. They don't say the V, they say Victoria. (laughs) And so me and my sister have like this joke where we say people's names without the first letter. But my brother, he has, uh, he rides Harleys. He's just such a fucking loving person. Like mm-hmm. he gave me like the best hug, and I was just like, mm. <laughs> and he we sat there for, yeah, we sat there for like three hours. Me, him, and my um, my sister just 
catching up and bullshitting. And he's just such, I'm so excited to start making memories. He also has kids and just to be part of his life, you know, and uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing that my dad brought us all together somehow, some way. And so, um, yeah, I was part of the funeral arrangements and I got to actually uh, attend a viewing to see my dad. And I felt like usually when it comes to funerals, um, I skip out on the viewing. I don't like to see that person, especially if we have memories and I can picture them in my head. I like to have my own image of that person with the way that I saw them alive. So um, I've had friends pass away. I, I didn't ever go when my grandpa passed. I couldn't go and see him. Um, it's just something I choose not to do. But this was different because I felt like I needed to see my dad's face. Like I just needed to be in the same room with him just one time. Mm -hmm. And this is the last time. So I'll never get to experience that again. So I'm so glad that I did because when I walked in that room, I just looked at his eyes immediately, like his eye shape and his eyebrows. And <laughs> I cried because I knew that that was my dad. Yeah. Like I got my eyes, my everything like nose up yeah. is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like it's literally my dad and so um it was such a sad but beautiful thing that I got to just be in the room and I kind of was just touching his hair and just like looking at him and like looking at all his tattoos all his prison <laughs> tattoos and just it was um it was a beautiful thing and I felt important for me to take pictures I know that was kind of weird but I took pictures of him and my sister cried and I have those pictures that are intimate to me and I'm not going to share them with anybody just because that was a very, very intimate moment. And if yeah. you were there, you were there. And if you weren't. It's like the first time you meet somebody, mm -hmm. anybody important in your life, like you're going to want to like, you know, yeah. remember that moment. You're going to take pictures. I get it. I get what you mean. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like I would never take a picture of anybody in that state, but this is different. Like, yeah. This is the one time you saw your father. Yeah. And I felt like it was just really important. And um, I, I don't know. I was definitely a learning process. And just to learn about myself through my dad, like I understand who I am and where I came from. And it's just a crazy thing. And I'm not going to say that I haven't been grieving because I have. And it's a different kind of grief that comes in different kind of ways, you know, like to know that the person that put you on this earth isn't here anymore is a really sad thing mm -hmm. because there's no possibility of me ever being able to meet him or him meet my kids, you know, in the future, just in general. But the timing just what it, it was what it was. Um, it's a door that has been opened for my 29 years of being alive. Mm -hmm. And it's a door that I am finally able to close. And he's actually getting cremated this week. So I bought a necklace and I am going to get an urn special made for him. And just to have a piece of him with me, it's it means everything to me. Yeah. Like it's important that I can just close that door. And, and I'm sure it meant everything to him that you were involved in this whole. Oh process. yeah. Me and my sister laugh because I'm like, <laughs> what do you think he's doing? Even when we're just writing books at the grocery <laughs> store laughing and just, I'm like, what do you think he's thinking? She's like, he's probably like just having a ball, like laughing yeah. because we're together. And, um, there, I was going to tell you, so, you, so cute. yeah, <laughs> so you know how like there's signs from our loved ones. Yeah. I was going to go over that with you is you had your sign from your loved one. Mm -hmm. So actually maybe two weeks before my dad actually passed, um, mind you, you know, I didn't know, I didn't find out until like, I don't use Facebook yeah. and I have one, but I don't really use it. So, so after my mom told me he passed, I was like, well, she's like, you might want to check it. And I'm like, I had to dig for all that shit to get a login. 
a login and then it's a message from my sister and that's basically how her and I got into contact. And so anyways, um, the whole thing happening was a trip because two weeks before um, this had he had passed, I had had an urge to look for him. And I had seen his Instagram and I had seen him come up on my shit and I was like, oh, my dad, whatever. I don't know. Just randomly his profile would come up. And so um, I was looking for his page and I could not find it. And I was like, I know it's this, this and random number, his name and random numbers. And I was like, I can't find it. I spent about 15 minutes looking and I couldn't find it. So I was kind of like, well, I can't find it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give up. Mm -hmm. So I did. I gave up. And, um, like two weeks later, I get the news that he passed and I feel like ever since I've had signs from him because my sister gets with me, we start talking about my dad and how he was a truck driver and his truck was, his truck's name was blue because it was like a really pretty blue, like, and he named it blue. Yeah. And I told her like, that's weird because I have a bunny named blue and she was like, what? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, that is so weird. And I was like, no, it's weird. Just crazy. Signs and everything. And my sister and I have been sharing music. Like, she shares me. She shares music that my dad loved. And no coincidence, but he loved the Rolling Stones. And I'm just like, I love the Rolling Stones. (laughs) So he, like, she shows me a lot of the music he loved. And I made a playlist. And it's just such a cool thing. Yeah. It's cool. And like a lot of people have reached out to me being like, you know, I this makes me think because I never met my parent mm-hmm. and how like, you know, I don't want this to happen. Like, I don't want it to be too late. So I was thinking about like the advice being if you've heard bad things about your parent, even if you don't want to meet them, be a little open minded to it. I'm not saying do it. Fucking yeah, go do it. But I'm just saying that this is a possibility with life comes yeah. death and the door might be closed for you to meet them. Yeah. And you want to take advantage of the the time that you may be able to share together. Yeah. And if you do decide to meet them from perspective and just healing and growing from the 19 year old that I was and the way I used to think, don't ex- if you do meet them, don't expect them to be this fucking super parent. Don't expect them to be rich. Don't expect a car. Don't expect a house. Just go with the expectations of learning who you came from. Yeah. And that's it. And knowing who they are. And le- and understanding that there was a reason that they weren't there. And if it's not always the, well, they didn't want to be there. It could be because of where they came from, how they were raised, financial situations. You, There's so many aspects. And I think part of healing is understanding and forgiving that person for whatever rut they were in. And if you have the opportunity, don't let anybody talk you out of it. And just go in there with the don't expect to be disappointed and don't expect to be like it to be a happy ending yeah you know like i just think it's important because i wish that was advice that someone had given me because now it's too late and my dad wasn't a bad person you know because he wasn't fit to be a father so young that doesn't make him a bad person mm-hmm. there's people that are financially ready fucking planning their kid and, and they're still and they're still not good parents yeah. so <laughs> You know, I mean, that's my advice is to just go in there with no expectations and just go to learn where you came from and you don't know what you're going to get out of it. And whether it's a disappointment or not, like if the door is open, it's something to definitely 
think about yeah. and don't let anybody talk to talk you out of it because I had a lot of family members tell me oh you don't want to meet him you know he's not this experience has taught me yeah a lot and he taught you a lot of better things he provided a lot of better mm -hmm. things even though you didn't meet him until after I mean his work ethic alone you know you were mentioning that he didn't have the best parental support mm -hmm. but yet he's over here like hitting up your mom going there in the mm -hmm. middle of the night trying to see you you know like that's he was different. trying he yeah. was trying and um, I'm fortunate I have my mom and my stepdad, you know, like I had, I had, I had parents. Yeah. I can't say that I didn't. I can't say I was without. Yeah. Um, so that's just my advice. I think it's important. I've had a lot of people tell me like, I've never thought about that. And so this whole experience for you was so beautiful. Like, it's I, crazy. Yeah, I know it was like a roller coaster. But honestly, like the fact that you got something really rich out of it, which is family, mm -hmm. you know, you got to see that other parent through some through now your siblings eyes and you get to have that family like you said you're the black sheep of your family you know you guys are a little herd together yeah now, you know? <laughs> and it's cool because we're adults yeah. there's no drama like yeah. and it's funny because um Nikki, our friend Nikki, she was like, you manifested a whole sister, bitch, because yeah, her and her sisters are so, I always just look I at them. them. I oh, just I look at them, them like, I want what you guys have. Like, I want a sister. We should have them on here. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I always would just tell her, like, I want a sister. And she'd be like, no, you don't. Or, you know, we would just laugh. Like, but I got the whole skipping of the, you stole my shirt part of it. Yeah. I'm like, we're adults. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So I guess I did manifest a whole ass sister. A whole ass family, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brothers and sisters, you know. So to kind of end our experiences, Tori came up with a really good idea. Um, she thought we should write a letter to the people that passed in our life. And I'm going to let her go first. Okay. <laughs> I guess. I'm just kidding. Okay. So I wrote a letter to my dad and it says, Dear Dad, I just want to say that as an adult, I finally realized who you are. I'm now old enough to understand that you were someone who needed love. You were somebody who yearned for hope. You were somebody who wanted forgiveness. It breaks my heart that we never got to cross paths on this earth until it was too late. I wish so badly that I could have been the one to have given you all the love, promised you hope, and taught you forgiveness. But even if I wasn't able to do all of the above for you, you are gone, but you're here teaching all of the above to me. I didn't try, I didn't truly understand the circumstances why we were absent from each other's lives when I was younger, but getting closure with your death through memories of you and through my new siblings helps me understand not only you, but so much about myself. So thank you for that. I will always be sad that you didn't get to meet the healed version of me, but I'm even sadder for you that you never got to experience the fully healed, that I never got to experience the fully healed version of you. I don't actually know where we go when our time perishes. All I can hope is that you're somewhere feeling warm and bright, dancing in the moonlight like one of your favorite songs. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for giving me all the signs you've been showing me. And I forgive you. I love you and I'll catch you in the next life. Love, your daughter. I didn't cry. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of you because I'm about to cry. <laughs>
I kind of stumbled on my words. Dancing in the moonlight. He loved that song. <laughs> he loved my sister. Like he loved that song. My sister showed me, and I was like, "That's, Tony, that's beautiful." That's from a Walk to Remember. It was like a <laughs> I cover. Hate that movie. Why? Because <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, I know. It's a cover, but yeah, yeah. he loved that song. Um, well, that's beautiful. Your turn. Okay, so mine isn't a letter. It's a poem um, because I didn't have much to say. Um, Like I said before, I didn't really leave many pending matters or words not verbalized towards my grandmother. So I thought this was the best way to kind of get out the last that I needed to. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Skin of soft cells. How lucky to be one of yours. In blood you shared wisdom and strength that knocked down many doors. Love that outshone the sun, heart that hated none. Laughter that scares thunder, but hugs that heal the soul. The song in the day, the hands that help all. The smile that warmed hearts, the empire that will not fall. I'll miss you every day but let you rest how you wanted to. Until we meet again, these memories will keep me going. Until we meet again in your paradise, I will look for you. I love you, Grandma. As per usual, we love listener engagement, and we love just sharing your guys' responses. And um, I had asked earlier this week, um, for one, I asked, what was something you learned about yourself experiencing death, and in what ways did it change you? And I did get a response. And um, our listener wrote in and said, I changed completely, and it's weird how you are. First, I didn't want to share anything because it took a long time for me to open up and let people know what was happening to me. And now some days are better than others. I don't cry like I used to. Maybe because I don't let myself feel sad anymore because I got tired of the constant sadness. Instead of shutting down like I used to, I admit I still have a lot I'm not dealing with, but sharing it's a start. I That was one of the things I had asked. And then I had also asked ways to cope. So me and you can go back and forth. Sure. Um, The same listener had wrote, honestly, haven't dealt with it. My mom died a year ago and it still feels so unreal. Yeah. Sometimes not thinking about it is, is a easy way to cope with these things. Like I said, um, at first I didn't even want to think about it. I came out here into the living room was like, nothing's happening. Just letting it sink in almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but eventually I think there has to be some sort of release from that. Otherwise it is going to like start to consume you. You know? Yeah, I think with time as well, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, another listener wrote in, living in their name, doing everything for them moving forward. That's huge. Yeah. Um, I know, so I don't know if she wants us to say who wrote this, but she has, we have communicated with her before, Tori, plenty of times. <laughs> and um, she said this before. Mm-hmm. And I remember when she said this because I, I felt it to my core. 
I'm like, you're right. These people are no longer here and they can't experience life. So we have to kind of take that upon ourselves and make sure we make it the, the best for them. And make know? them proud at the same yeah, time. Definitely. Gotta keep ride it, more camels. Keep it trucking, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And then we have, to be honest, crying it out and reorganizing my life. That's important. Yeah. Moving. I think that's the main thing that people usually go to right away is like, mm-hmm. I just need to cry this out. And sometimes it's it's good. I like, love a good cry. Me too. Like um, when I'm sad, I don't need, I don't want people to cheer me up. I need to just go through it, you mm-hmm. know? And Space. As, yeah. As soon as I do, I feel a thousand times better. Yeah. But sometimes that's that release that we're talking about, not letting it consume you, you know? And us being away is us giving each other our space yeah. to kind of feel all our emotions. Yeah, there's no way I could have come back and been like, welcome to Conceptual Chaos. Let's if- talk sex. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> no. Oh, God. We definitely needed that grieving. That's- yeah. That what did time. I call it the other day? Bereavement. <laughs> <laughs> Bereavement. I was like, you mean bereavement? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I like it, though. Sounds better. Right? <laughs> Another person wrote in, I honestly don't. I just push that shit down. Again, that works for a certain amount of time, but eventually it's going to surface up and you want it to surface in a healthy way. You definitely don't want to just cope by keeping this all in and eventually you're going to, because it comes out one way or another. Um, Psychologically, we may not even know that it's happening through the actions and what we choose to do to let that out, but it's going to come out. Yeah. So you should definitely take the the role, the lead role in your own life and choose how it is that you want to express it. Yeah. And not let it like consume you and your own like, what's that thing called? Like your psyche decide. That yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, death literally set a crazy course of events for me. It's been 13 years and just now realizing how my life was governed and heavily affected by my father's passing. So see, um, Exactly what you just said, not taking the time to really grieve and feel everything and pushing it away isn't always the best. Just because um, later down the line, you make all these decisions and you base things off your hurt and then you look back and thought, well, maybe that shouldn't have handled it that way. Or um, And to this person, I do wish you all the healing. Um, I hope that you do obviously recognize that it was heavily affected by your father's passing. So I hope that we send you all the healing and love and to everybody that wrote in. Yes. Thank you guys for always taking the time. Um, Another person wrote in embracing it and slowly come to acceptance. It can be a very long process. Definitely. Mm -hmm. But there's no time limit on healing. Mm -mm. We're constantly healing throughout our whole lives from different situations and different experiences. And death is no different. So it may take some of us a little longer, some of us a little shorter based on the experiences we had with these people. Give yourself that time. Whatever feels right is probably right, you know? Yeah. Lastly, we have rationalize, stay busy. Staying busy is definitely important. Um, (laughs) Give yourself the time, but yeah, keep it going. Keep the show moving, you know? That's my default. Like, I don't want to think about it at first, and so I find different ways. Like, I just told you, I fucking cleaned my whole house recently because of another thing. And, like, I've it's helped me. Yeah. It's helped me heal a little bit. <laughs> like reorganizing your life, basically. Well, yeah. So thank you guys for writing in. We always appreciate your responses and your engagement. Love ya.
on this segment of Lyrical Locals. We have a band by the name of Death Will Bring Change. Death Will Bring Change is a rock band from Costa Mesa, California. With their DIY attitude and electric music influences, they quickly released their self-proclaimed debut eponymous EP on October 9th, 2020. The music touches on socio-political issues behind loud but dynamic rock music. Following the release of the EP, the band garnered airplay on Rodney and the Rock's Underground Garage Show and CSUF's Titan Radio, as well as performing at Downtown Santa Ana's Open Stage and many, many gigs in the OC and LA area. The band's follow-up release came in the form of an anthem of a song titled Just a Memory on September 24th, 2021. They are currently in the recording process of their next musical endeavor, with some more music due for release in late 2022. You can go ahead and follow them on Instagram at Death Will Bring Change and check them out on Spotify and Apple Music. And this song is called Coming Home Tonight. Enjoy! If 
well, guys. The time has come. <laughs> Again, thank you for listening and sticking around. And for hearing us and um, feeling with us. Mm -hmm. and, and just understanding what we've been through. And we have so much in store for season two. Oh, my God. You guys are going to love this season. And we're going to revisit. We're not going to spoil it, but we're going to revisit certain topics. But you're also going to get new content. Oh, yeah. It's going to be worth it. So if you stuck around for three months just waiting on nothing, like now here, this is a payoff. <laughs> we definitely are going to bring the, the A game here. Yeah. And we have a schedule. We have everything that I think it was hard to do with the first season because we were, we were learning. Yeah. And we're more organized now. Are we seasoned vets now? We're, I love that we're doing season two because I just like to, I, you know, when you listen to podcasts and it's like 300 episodes and yeah. then you're like, what fucking episode was that? It yeah. could be like season two, episode four. I don't know. Yeah. Easy. We're going to make it easy for you. We'll definitely put season two, whatever episode. So you don't have to search through a thousand fucking episodes to find the content that you want to re-listen to. And we're trying to keep each season around 13 episodes because I feel like that's like a. Yeah, Definitely. And we see that um, our numbers keep growing, even though we've been on hiatus. So thank you guys. Yeah. To show our appreciation, we're going to have a few cool little giveaways this year or this season, I should say. Yeah. Um, so more more of that to come. We won't announce it now. but um, there's And a lot. some fun games because we, <laughs> okay, so me and Grizel were always laughing and talking about how we wanted to spin the wheel. Yeah. And um, we oh. went, we, we haven't introduced it. Her. Yeah, we went to um some yard sales and we found one for 50 cents, right? Yeah, 50 cents. <laughs> and it's just so awesome because we were like, should we make one? Eh, I don't know. And this one is so dope. Yeah, this one's great. And we're going to put fun little games on there. So whenever we have guests or even if we want you guys to engage in them, mm -hmm. there might be some uh, listener games involved. And yeah. There's so much surprises this this season. I'm so excited. It's going to so, be good. Good stuff. Yes. So, again, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And don't forget to keep it cool. Under chaos. Love ya. Bye.